Hey guys, this is Jacques. Welcome back to Unpopular. We are talking about two shows today. We're talking about Vanderpump Rules, duh, of course, and HBO's The Idol. Two very, very good shows that I have the definitive correct takes on. So you don't need to listen to anybody else's opinions on these shows. It's right here. Everyone else is wrong. Um, Let's get into it. I had a rough start to the day because my coffee was messed up at the cafe I went to and I had to leave the whole cafe. I was just like, I can't. Um, Starting your day with a coffee, that's a really big thing. Like that actually sets the tone for the day. And I wanted to have a coffee at home before I met my friend um, at the cafe. And I'm like, no, I'm going to save it for the cafe. So I'm thinking about this coffee before I get there. And then the the waitress that like owns the place or whatever the whatever the lady that owns the cafe like I kind of know her because I come in there and like she seemed a bit like shocked like wait why is he leaving already like did we do something wrong but you know I'm not someone that's going to come up and go I actually know I really didn't like the coffee so um I'm just like you know everything's fine and she's like oh my god is you know anything wrong I'm like nothing it's all good bye and then um I go to the next cafe to meet my friend and I order my coffee and I'm like, let's be real specific with this. And I said, can I get an ice long black, please, in a small glass with, um, you know, some milk on the side? Because usually I'll like pour the milk in and they're like, fine. And then what do they bring me? They bring me a huge ice long black with no milk. And I'm just like, fuck this. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, even if you specify exactly what you want, they still can't get it right. That's country living. That's just fucking what I've had to get used to living here, not being in a city where they know how to make a decent cup of coffee. Um, The Vanderpump Rules reunion, it concluded. I'm not going to go over like, and then he said this, and then she said that, and then he said that, because, I mean, you've all watched it, okay? But we're going to talk about some stuff to do with this. And, uh, you know, I had a few takes on it, and then people were getting me confused about what I actually think about the show, because, you know, you tweet something and then, there's only so many characters and people never really understand you. They project their own kind of thoughts and feelings onto your tweet. So I like to have a big platform like this where I can, you know, do a 25 minute rant on Vanderpump rules and really articulate the nuance of this show. So, um, first of all, you Bravo fans are so stupid and gullible for falling for that big mystery teaser about like, the bombshell, of course, that was just to get you to watch part three. I mean, you were all going to fucking watch it anyway, so I don't know why they bothered to do it. You guys will literally watch anything. But, like, the fact that so many people fell for that. So, the executive producer, Alex Baskin, shout out Alex Baskin, great producer, but he did an interview, I think, with Variety or The Hollywood Reporter, and he was like, there's something in this reunion that none of the cast have seen yet and it's going to change everything and you know we don't even know if they're going to want to come back to the show after they see this so of course the you know true crime bravo facebook wine mum fans are like oh my god is raquel pregnant was raquel actually having an affair with ariana is it like they're coming up with all these wild theories you know what the bombshell was Oh, yeah, the affair started, like, a little bit earlier than we said it did. Like, that was the bombshell. I kind of assumed it was that. I didn't even really give it much thought. I even had a friend message me, um, and she was like, what do you think this big reveal is? I was like, I haven't really thought about it because it's, you know, like, we're going to see it in a week anyway, and it's probably nothing. And, of course, it was nothing. And then all you guys were, like, flipping out about it on your socials, like, oh, I can't believe they let us down. Like, that was it. It's like, you fell for it. Like, you guys are the dumbasses, and it's not their fault. Like, they're just putting out marketing material to make you watch. But at this point, you should be able to discern 
what is actually going to be a thing and what is just kind of like clickbait to get you in the door. Like that shit is on you. And they think you're stupid, by the way. Like they... They were sitting back coming up with like, okay, what can we tell the tell the unwashed masses to like get them to, you know, tune in for part three so we can keep the gravy train of these ratings going up. And then someone's like, yeah, let's give the sheep another Cluedo serial mystery. That'll keep them busy. And then they're like, you know, throwing their head back, like cackling at how easily you were misled. It's like parents when they want to get some free time to themselves. So they devise like an Easter egg hunt for the kids and they, you know, they hide something in a really hard to find place. So the kids are going to be like running around distracted for the next hour so they can get some peace and quiet. Like that's how easily you're led. You're wasting your life, by the way, doing all of this stuff, like pouring over every kind of frame of footage from these shows and coming up with your, like, theories. I always get the alerts on um, the Reddit app, and I don't even follow the Bravo subreddit because you guys know how I feel about that Bravo subreddit. I mean, just subreddits in general. You guys know how I feel about them, but I think because I've, like, looked at them before, the algorithm, it, like, pings with, like, recommendations, and I haven't turned it off because I do like to see some of the embarrassing shit that comes up. Like, one time it was showing me how... These Bravo fans, they were making AI-generated images of um, sneakers that represent different housewives. Like, this is the Lisa Vanderpump sneaker, and it's like a pink sneaker. Like, the stuff you guys spend hours doing blows my mind. But you're wasting your fucking life. And, yeah, I get these pings of these wild theories of, like, oh, maybe it's this. And you, you you guys think everything's making a murderer. Not everything's making a murderer. I don't know why you can't look at just a piece of content and you have to making a murderize it. You know what I mean? Like, you have to put it into this, like, serial true crime thing with everything you look at. Like, just calm down. All right, let's just talk about the reunion a little bit. Um, of course, people are shifting their opinion a bit now. People are getting a little sick of the Ariana. Um, you know, cash money train that she's on with these multi-million dollar endorsements that keep rolling in and the magazine covers and cha-ching, cha-ching. It's not just her. It's like la-la. All of them are making like so much money off of this. And then, um, you know, Raquel, it was so brutal at the reunion for her in that third part. You're a subhuman. You're a cunt. You're you're not even human. You're disgusting. You're a whore. Like, it was just over and over. And then she kind of has this breakdown at the end, which I'm going to talk about in a second. Um, and people now have some empathy for her. And it's like, okay, yeah, as usual, I was ahead of the game on this. It fucking takes you guys so long for the penny to drop. When I first kind of um, was having some fun with being Team Raquel, even though I was kind of like being a bit tongue-in-cheek, but I got quite a strong reaction from people. And then you just fast forward, you know, what, how long since the scandal? I guess it's been two or three months and you fast forward a bit. And now everyone's sort of like coming over to my side and it's like, yes, as usual, I'm I'm ahead of y'all on this. Um, the viewers are really turning on James and Lala because they were just out of control at that reunion, which I said they were out of control on fucking part one, but it took you guys until part three to see it. Uh, it was really hard to watch with how nasty they were. And um, it was just disruptive and annoying because we don't want to hear about you. Like this actually isn't your storyline, guys. You weren't involved in this. The, the people involved in this are Ariana, Tom, and Raquel. 
And then, you know, Sheena kind of had her say, and that was actually very compelling and great. So, you know what, sound off, Sheena. But the rest of you guys, it actually kind of has nothing to do with you. And they made it all about themselves. And we couldn't even hear, like, Raquel and Tom speak properly because they were screaming and carrying on so much. Katie came off really good. She did call Raquel a cunt at one point, which was mean, but it's like she knows how to pick her battles. She wasn't going to like scream and carry on like a fucking pork chop the whole time. She got in, you know, a jab here and there, which she's entitled to do, but for the most part, she sat back, so I thought she came off well, and she looked really beautiful and glamorous. Um, Just her hair and her face, and just gorgeous. And then Ariana, she totally gets a pass from me. The vitriol was extreme like when she's like fuck yourself with the cheese grater you're below even human you're a sociopath i can't it was just it was horrific but it's like she was wronged she's allowed to be angry she can say it she's but james and lala absolutely had no business behaving like they did and they completely overplayed their hand because the audience is shifting now um A lot of this is the hypocrisy, as I keep pointing out, of like, you know, they've all cheated and people sort of reason. They go, well, no one's cheated to this level or it's this bad. Very true, but for then for James and Lala to turn up to the level they did, people are like, okay, guys, yeah, you are hypocrites. And on top of being hypocrites, there's stuff coming up, coming out now that. James was physically abusive to Kristen, which I'm sure they were. I mean, they were like just drunk hot messes in these like toxic relationships. So I believe that um, allegedly. And we know they got drunk and kind of assaulted this waitress, you know, whatever. He slapped her ass drunk. Is it the end of the world? No, but hey, if we're going to be real, that is a form of sexual harassment and assault. And if anybody else did that, Ariana and Lala would be the first to be, oh my God, this is, you cannot abuse women like this. They need to be off the show. But then because James is on their side, it's like they just brushed it under the carpet. So there's that. Um, He is clearly a raging alcoholic with these like anger issues and is abusive and As wild as he is on the TV show, and he's so entertaining, and I've been a huge fan of his really since he came on the scene. When everyone hated him, I always, you know, loved the entertainment value and what he brought to the table. And it was really not until this reunion where I was just like, ugh. But he is putting on a show on the show, clearly. And I think there's like, and we do see him be messy on the show for sure, but I think there's like this whole other side that's like even way darker that he's been keeping off the cameras. And I think the fame has gone to his head. Time Magazine called him the number one guy in the group, which is a headline that's really going to age so badly. But again, everyone just gets on the bandwagon and doesn't think it through. And then in one season time, you're going to find out that he did something really bad, probably. And then he's going he's gonna to be like the new public enemy number one. Um... And also, if he loved Raquel, you know, he was engaged with Raquel, remember? If he loved her, I felt like, how could you be this cruel to her and relish in it? Like, there's one thing to be angry at her, but then it's another thing to, like, take that much pleasure in seeing, you know, a group of people, you know, like, she faced a firing squad against a group of people and he enjoyed it. That's very scary to have that much kind of... um, hatred for an ex-partner and they didn't even have that much of a of a um toxic breakup but i am um 
asking a lot of questions about their relationship because on one hand, yeah, he seemed to throw her away and as soon as he got with Ali, oh, Ali's the love of my life. I've never felt like this before. She's the one. You know, Raquel was nothing. I think, wait, last season you were on your knees proposing to her at Ray Chella and now she's nothing. But also Raquel, in her confessionals, when she was talking about sleeping with Tom Sandoval, she's like, I wanted to find out what it's like to have sex with somebody that you know, loves me and that I'm in love with. And they're like, so you didn't have that with James? And she's like, no. So I'm like, wait, so both of y'all had not had really feelings for each other. So I don't understand what your relationship was. Were you both faking it? Was it just, was it a business arrangement the whole time? Like, very confused from that. And then um, we go over to Lala. Raquel gagged her at the reunion, by the way, when she was bringing up, um, because Lala kept going, Rachel, and Raquel's like, well, you change your name. And Lala's like, mine's a nickname. It's not the same. And it's like, it's literally exactly the same thing. And everyone watching could see it. And Lala was so triggered by it. Lala gets so triggered when you say like the truth to her, that she changed her name, that she was a mistress, et cetera, et cetera. It just sends her spiraling. Um, and yeah, she was a mistress. And if you roll back the early tapes of Lala, the the old seasons of her, it's very damning. She knew Randall was married, clearly. She was desperately trying to hide it. She was getting the cast to sign NDAs. That came up at one of the reunions. They hung out with Randall and she made them sign NDAs. That's how hard she was trying to cover it up. I think she either skipped a reunion or I can't remember if she skipped the reunion or she was at the reunion and she said, I'm quitting the show. And she wouldn't answer like half the questions that Andy was giving her. It was so, so, so shady, just a huge liar. Um, And again, I get it. You're Lauren from Utah. You wanted a different life for yourself. You were an escort or a yacht girl, whatever we want to call it. You fucked a sleazy Hollywood producer. You got on a TV show. You got famous, like, Girl, go for it. Like I'm all the I'm all about it. You know, if you're attractive and you can use those things and you're ambitious enough to make it in the industry, it's all good on my end. But then if you want to go this hard on Raquel when you've done either the same, if not worse, no bitch. Like that's when we're gonna call you out. Um and Lala and James, they are the two most problematic people on the show for sure. And uh Oh, I just can't wait for more of that to come out because I just I just don't think they can keep kind of like they're flying too close to the sun. So I just feel like it's there's going to be a downfall, especially if they stay on this show for longer because, you know, the things turn around and eventually it's your turn in the hot seat, as we know from watching Housewives and stuff. And Lala, because she is so very cunning, she's already called TMZ on herself. Uh, she was at the airport. I was at fucking LAX, okay, when I, when I lost my phone and I couldn't contact Dan. And I'm like, I'm never going to be able to find Dan here, even though I knew he was there because it's so big and bustling and busy. So you don't just like come out at LAX and then TMZ's there and finds you and stuff like that's prearranged. Like I work in the industry. I know how that sh- this shit works. So she totally called TMZ on herself. And then she's expressing empathy for Raquel and talking about how Raquel may need to get some, you know, more mental health treatment and that maybe the show is not right for her. And she, you know, is looking at Raquel differently because she saw the fucking feedback she was getting. It's damage control. Um, Raquel was great on the reunion. People are saying that she's a sociopath because she wasn't crying, but she was either one kind of disassociating maybe because, you know, we're, we're, we're all trying to figure out what her mental health stuff is. And I think she's trying to figure it out too. So she was either like disassociating, which people do during a traumatic situation, 
or she may have been uh, medicated, as Andy said. Remember, Vicky Gunvalson, she showed up to the reunion when she was in the hot seat for lying about Brooks having cancer. Um, she was so pilled out. She was, like, barely reacting. It's it's kind of funny to watch. Like, she's just a zombie during that reunion. Um, and there was a really amazing part afterwards where Raquel... It was very self-deprecating where Tom and Raquel were laughing in the green room about how horrible they were. And um, and Raquel was kind of like, yeah, James, like, really got me good when he said that I'm the, um, you know, the downgrade from Ali. And she's like, you know, at this point I am. And they both, like, cracked up laughing. And it was so fucking funny. And I'm like, I would totally do that if I had just done something horrible. I think my, and I was getting dragged for it. I Probably my way to, do, to deal with it would just be, like, laugh it off. Like, I like to laugh at dark things. That's my sense of humor. So, that made her very endearing to me. Um, so, after I watched it, I tweeted that they should have had, like, a moderator or a therapist there at the reunion because it was just, you know, it was so hardcore. And Raquel has been open about having mental health issues. Um, we've all suspected it anyway from watching the show, right? Especially this last season. I think before the affair even came out, we were like, what is going on with this? Like, who is she? Because she went from having one type of personality to being the sweet, you know, dumb girlfriend of James to, like, jumping into bed with all these different men and was just on a tear. And it was like, this is wild. Um, So, we were already suspecting it. Now, she's been open about it. She says at the reunion, I'm getting, you know, assessed and stuff. So, it's no secret. And yeah, I was like, they should have had someone here because you wouldn't want someone in that vulnerable state to hurt themselves, okay? And I got a lot of uh, blowback for this. Even Zach Peter, he, like, you know, quote tweeted me, disagreed, and he's like, you know, I can't remember what he said. Like, she deserved it, or, like, she was laughing, and, you know, what about Ariana? Whatever he said, okay? And then people responding to it. I, um, and people think, by the way, that Zach and I, like, that they think that then that is, like, a real conflict between us. And, like, dude, Zach and I, like, will DM each other and we're, like, laughing about it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm getting DMs of people being like, you know, Zach called you out. And he's like, oh, my God, like, we couldn't give a shit. Like, we don't take it that seriously. But I muted the tweet because I usually, every time I wade into the Bravo discourse on Twitter, which I rarely do now, but if I do, oh, my God, I can't with the... With the tweets, I feel like I'm being suffocated from even just getting one of these, like, Karens weighing in. Like, I tweeted um to someone, like, oh, Raquel's a queen, and I'm getting furious replies back. She hasn't even won a pageant. How can she be a queen? And it's like, oh, my God, you people are so embarrassing. Um, But anyway, I want to explain what I meant by the tweet fully, because a lot of people were kind of misinterpreting me from every side. So, like I said, Ariana, in my opinion... She gets a pass. You know, it was a really ugly side of her, for sure. Like, the stuff she was saying was was foul and really dark. And, you know, fuck yourself with a cheese grater. You're below a human. You're disgusting. You're the worst person in history, et cetera, et cetera. It's heinous. But it's a fresh wound. It was a few weeks after she found out. She's being amped up by producers. She's being amped up by all of the losers on, you know, Twitter, the fans and stuff and the subreddits. And her castmates are amping her up and she's in the middle of it. It's a reunion. She's a reality television star. Part of being a reality star is that you are uh, you are a heightened version of yourself and you have to do that and deliver that stuff on camera. Like, even though she looks, like, really frumpy kind of on the show, like, she does. Like, her and Katie, they're a little frumpalicious on there. They don't really pop. But I bet if you actually saw them in person, they probably 
kind of have like bigger personalities and like a bigger look to them. Like if you just see them, like they're reality stars. They've been on television for a decade and it's her job as a reality star to express her reality and her feelings. And it's Raquel's job to sit there and absorb it and then react and respond in whatever way she wants to. So they're just doing their job. Um, I'm fine with Ariana being as nasty as she wants to be. Now she kept having that behavior for like, months go i'll be like okay girl you're just nasty now but that's fine and i think that like a lot of people are blasting ariana now for the reunion and that's like very beverly hills behavior to me like when people attack lisa rinna for calling somebody out anytime someone does something shady on beverly hills and lisa rinna calls it out to by the way a minuscule degree compared to what ariana did it's like lisa rinna is the most toxic woman in the history of television she is a bully she is this and that and you know and it's just like guys someone does something wrong you call them out on a reality show that's kind of how this works so lisa rinna's fine ariana's fine it's all good um obviously james and lala they should have been removed from the stage because they were taking focus from the principal cast members' storylines. They were interrupting the flow. They were out of control to what felt like a bullying nature when we're taking into account Raquel's mental health and, you know, everything she's copying from, like, the viewers to the media to her castmates. They absolutely should have been removed or had a moderator there or had a therapist. Somebody there, okay? We suspect Raquel is neurodivergent. It's a lot. And the trolling, we know that the the Bravo viewers, like, the trolling is so awful. I mean, we had a, um, there was famously an Australian celebrity from Next Top Model that committed suicide, and she said it was because she was trolled. Now, I don't think it's fair to just say it was the troll's fault, because clearly you are in control of your own decisions, and, like, I'm sure the trolling didn't help, but you can't just put it on trolls um, for driving you to suicide that's unfair but like it certainly doesn't fucking help so for Raquel to be in the eye of the storm at the peak like we know that the Bravo viewers are some of the worst in the whole of the entertainment industry and fandoms when it comes to the vitriolic trolling that people have to deal with and stuff anyway with all that said even if you don't have sympathy for Raquel right and you're just like she did a horrible thing and she deserves everything that she's going to get fine but purely from a business perspective of Bravo as a company worried about their bottom line, you need to be more careful and follow your duty of care because I know it's good TV to get, you know, the cheating mistress up there and have her face a firing squad, you know, a verbal firing squad. But if you put her in that position and were encouraging her to show up to the reunion and you were like, hey, you know, Raquel, she did sign a contract and this is the biggest storyline, like you have to be here. Um she had harmed herself or killed herself, that could, like, potentially ruin the entire network. It would 1 million percent get Vanderpump Rules cancelled. Are you kidding me? Vanderpump Rules would be cancelled in a fucking second if she had killed herself after that reunion, after that reunion had aired. If that reunion had aired and then she died and then it was sort of an accumulation of the abuse she copped at the reunion on top of the online trolling, etc., Vanderpump Rules would absolutely be cancelled and never revived again and the whole network would potentially go under because there would be such an advertiser boycott and the media that has been you know relishing in destroying Raquel of course we know what the media is like they would do a complete 180 and then suddenly they would all be crying tears for their mental health it would be bleeding hearts for mental health and 
how could they have done this and put this woman in this position? How could we not learn anything from Britney Spears? History has repeated itself. And like advertisers would not want to be associated with a brand that is like potentially, you know, killed somebody. Okay. So I just don't know how Bravo didn't think more of their duty of care and just think like, "Mm, we don't want to risk anything happening. We want to think of, you know, we're very profitable network. Let's just be really careful. And then people have pointed out, um, that, you know, Raquel was laughing in the green room after, so she was obviously fine. Okay, one, th- that could just be a weird tr- reaction to trauma, for one. People sometimes laugh off. You know, you have interviews with people that have been abused, right, that are, like, rape victims, or they had, like, the worst, most fucked-up childhood you've ever heard, and they're laughing as they tell the story because it's, like, a coping mechanism. So that's one. But say, you know, let's not even go that deep. Let's just say that, like, it wasn't that big of a deal to her and she kind of thinks it's funny and she's laughing. Bravo doesn't know that that's going to be her reaction ahead of time, okay? That was so intense. She could have had, like, a snap and then spiraled and gone into a depression and then harmed herself. So, you know, it's not fair to just go, oh, she was laughing because you don't know that ahead of time. Um, And many reality stars have killed themselves. Love Island in the UK, a few have killed themselves. Um... You know, I know people that have been on reality TV. I'm friends with um, one of the Married at First Sight villains, Olivia, who got so screwed over in the edit and what she had to deal with um, because she's so lovely in real life. And I could see it happening because I was watching that season of Married at First Sight and because I can read between those lines with the editing and stuff, I could see what was happening. But of course, the dumb, dumb viewers didn't get it. And yeah, she was suicidal. She was like the most hated woman in Australia for a while. It was so bad. Um, And the Lovers Blind cast, I did talk about that a bit. You know, they've been on a whole mental health crusade. And look, I think some of what they're saying is a little opportunistic and it's a little bit like... I don't know. I'm just, I'm not fully on board with them, but it's a conversation. There is a thing going on right now about mental health and reality TV. And um, yeah, Bravo just never protects their people. Like I know that Lisa Rinna had a really hard time with the um, constant accusations and being called a racist, right? And she was really upset because she asked Bravo to like do something. Like, please, can you put out a statement that I'm not racist? Because every time I have any interaction with Garcelle, you know, we're all called racist. You've got to please put out a statement from Bravo and say these casts are not racist. Of course they didn't. So, you know, that's a lot to deal with. And people like to say, oh, you can just turn off your phone. Well, it's hard to know that every time you open your phone or any form of social media, which you probably need to use for your job, that you are going to be called all these horrible things. And then, you know, the media now writes stories based off what people say on social media. So then there's like articles on, you know, page six, fan slam, racist Lisa Rinna. You know, it's a lot. And people have been really flippant to Raquel's uh, mental health up until that last scene of her breaking down where she's, you know, saying, oh, we lied about the timeline and she's crying and she's saying, I feel terrible. Then people started feeling bad for her. But until then, like, you know, even Ariana, she was saying things about Raquel's mental health and you should get assessed and like really making light of it, which again, Ariana pretends she's like the crusader of mental health. And then you're disregarding Raquel's mental health. And Sheena in an interview I saw, Sheena was basically saying that she thinks that Raquel is going to pull the mental health card in terms of like, you know, pretend that she's having mental health issues, use it to make herself a victim and to like repair her image. 
which people do, and I call that out. So I'm all I'm all for people calling out people that are faking mental health shit, but I just don't like it when y'all like the Arianas and the Lalas and like the wokesters who like love to clutch their pearls anytime anyone questions anything with mental health. As soon as it's someone you don't like, i.e. Raquel, now all of your fucking progressive posturing about um, the importance of mental health is out of the window. And now it's like, oh, she's faking it. Who cares? Go get assessed crazy. And let's keep in mind that Ariana did the exact same thing to Kristen Doty when she was fucking Kristen's man. And like, Kristen was crazy anyway, so it's not wasn't really a lie. Like she probably was sort of like semi borderline, but Ariana really leaned into like you're crazy, you're borderline or BPD or whatever. You need medication, all while she was like gaslighting Kristen Doty because Kristen was like, "You guys had an affair and made me look crazy," and Ariana and Tom are like, "No, we didn't." And then Ariana wants to be like, "He coached me, bitch." You knew what you were doing, just as Raquel knew what she was doing, just as Tom knew it. Like, y'all knew what you were doing, so stop. Um, okay, now to the Tom Sandovalness of it all. So, you know, the end footage, Raquel crying, saying, I had to lie, I feel terrible. You know, we had sex in Ariana's house while she was at her grandmother's funeral, which, by the way, I pissed myself laughing at that because it's just so bad. Like, it's like, oh, my God. God, you were on TV confessing to this. That is like the lowest of the low. And I was sort of like, thank you for giving us this TV moment. (laughs) I had sex with someone, although at their fucking grandmother's funeral, like how low can you go? Granny was not even, the, the fucking body was not even cold and you were like banging up a storm. Granny was not even six foot under and you were like getting it in, in the fucking pool house of Ariana's house that she owns. And she's like, crying and her her fucking dog died and her grandmother died and y'all are just like getting it in that is so wrong but so funny um and now the audience are kind of rallying around Raquel they're turning on Tom so now the narrative is Tom manipulated her he's a narcissist he's a groomer people are calling him a groomer she's a fucking 28 year old woman and he's 40 41 40 she's 28 These people are grown fucking adults on a television show that know exactly what they are doing. She was not groomed. Neither was Lala Kent by Randall. Okay, these people were not groomed. These are women that wanted to be on a TV show, first of all, and wormed their way into the spotlight and then went after certain men because for whatever reason, whether it was financial opportunity, whether it was just they wanted it, um, and... You know, back in the day, women always got the blame for everything, right? Women were slut-shamed. Like, you know, they blamed Monica Lewinsky instead of Bill Clinton, etc. It was always the woman. And now, obviously, we've, like, flipped now with the woke kind of, you know, PC society and all of that. And now it's like men are just, like, every man is trash. It's every man's fault. Like, I don't like Tom Sandoval either anymore. And I do think he, you know, is a liar and all of that and, like, a narcissist and stuff. But, like... Women have autonomy, okay? Like, not everything bad that a woman does is somehow a man's fault. Like, Raquel herself has laid out what happened. She's like, I didn't care about anyone's feelings. And she's apologized, by the way. She's like, apologize, acknowledge what she did wrong. She's like, I didn't care about anyone else's feelings. I wasn't thinking about how you were feeling, Ariana. We did plan to just kind of him break up with you and then we would start dating. Um, I was a people pleaser my whole life and then I decided to live for me and just do what I wanted for my own pleasure and I wanted to have sex with someone that I was in love with. Um, 
and I just didn't care. Like, she's literally, like, saying it, and then people are still like, she was groomed. It's like, um, no, she knew what she was doing. Like, this is so absurd. And then people going, he coached her. It's a fucking reality show, and you're preparing for a a reunion. Everyone coaches each other. Everybody gets their fucking story straight. You think that, which Ariane has admitted she and Tom would do, but she's putting it all on Tom. Like, Tom would tell me what to say at the reunion. Um, no, you would both work out a plan and get your stories straight for the reunions because you were in on it together just as everyone else on the cast was because that's what people on reality shows do. Like, that's just how it works. So people, again, are being, like, so stupid. We know what happened with this affair. Tom was having a midlife crisis, which he's talked about. Oh, I thought my, you know, career was coming to an end. I hit 40. I thought my best days were behind me. And then it's the classic midlife crisis story of a guy that got bored in his relationship, went for a younger chick that made him feel excited again. And she fawned over him and, oh, you're so amazing. And she was kind of, you know, a little naive and stuff classic fucking cheating story we've heard a million times. Raquel, she's rebelling against her pageant girl upbringing. She's in her 20s. She's finding herself. She's probably feeling a kind of pressure as she's getting up to 30 and thinking, what do I have to show for this? I'm not married. I don't have kids. You know, my career is just sort of doing this TV show, which I feel like is like kind of coming to an end. Because remember, this show before Scandaball was like very close to like being on the chopping block of cancellation. And she wasn't even a principal character on the show. So she's like, you know what? I'm going to find myself. I'm going to live for me and I'm going to dive in head first. And then Ariana, we know she was depressed. She was unmotivated. She was in a slump. She wouldn't have sex without a t-shirt on. <laughs> she was like not in her sexy groove in her relationship. She fucking, nothing she was doing was working out. This sandwich shop was just, again, pre-scan of all. This was like the most desperate attempt at a storyline of like, oh, maybe we should just open a a sandwich shop because we have nothing else to do. And maybe it'll give us another season of this show. Hopefully, fingers crossed. You know, that's all that was. So everything's spelled out. We don't need to rewrite it all as like there was grooming. It's just embarrassing. Again, you're making everything making a murderer and serial and like just going too deep on this shit. Now, from a PR perspective, do I think Raquel should lean into this? Maybe. Maybe she should just throw Tom under the bus and pretend that she was groomed. Like she kind of does have a golden opportunity to play up the mental health to pin it all on Tom, and she has more star power than him. She is attractive. She's a woman. Women are, like, in this space of, you know, reality TV and and entertainment, like, women are the stars. Like, women are more bankable. Women get the social media sponsorships and the endorsements, and they get followers because people want to know what they're wearing and, you know, follow their lives and stuff. Like, the men are more accessories when it comes to this kind of world of celebrity, and he's had his run. He's, you know, 41 now, which is so super-duper old, even though he looks great. Um, He looks amazing at the moment, and his body's, you know, he's killing it, been hitting the gym, but as far as, like, a reality star goes, like, that is prehistoric, and you've been on TV for a really long time. Um... So she can really kind of own this space and definitely, like, have a comeback. I also did some calculating to see how much money she would make on OnlyFans. Um, she would make millions. You know, I, I asked, actually, Olivia, my friend from Married at First Sight. She got the villain edit. Everyone hated her. She was, like, the most hated person in Australia and the UK because the show's really big over there, too. She joined OnlyFans right after she made a killing. Now, the money goes down after a while, Um but you make a lot of money in those first few months. So I think that um, 
maybe Raquel could like join OnlyFans, but definitely not do nudity because that'll ruin her image. Like if she goes like down a full porn route, she hasn't hit rock bottom where she has to be doing like porn on OnlyFans because she can still have that comeback and be a big reality star for sure. So I think she what she needs to say is... I can't get a normal job because the trolls and I'm too recognizable and everybody hates me and I have anxiety when I go out and people abuse me on the street when I go out. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be coming back to this show or not yet. And, you know, I don't really make that much off the show anyway. Um, And I needed like a safe space where I could, you know, connect with my followers without being, you know, abused. So I joined OnlyFans and then she can do live streams on there. She could just do normal posts. She could do some like soft, sexy stuff, like maybe some lingerie, you know, like a lounge underwear or whatever. She can do some stuff like that. And, you know, some Savage Fenty posts on there maybe, but like that would be about it. But mostly just use it to interact with people and stuff. She will make a killing in those first few months and then just quit OnlyFans and you could actually use the OnlyFans as part of her storyline. People go, oh my God, she's gone off the rails. She's joined OnlyFans now. This poor girl, she's like spiraling. She doesn't know who she is. She's lost. And then quit OnlyFans and then you've got a million in the bank and you're set. That million dollars can like buy you a house or probably maybe, does that buy you a house in the States? I'm sure it does or a house deposit on something like that'll like set you up, girl. So, I think that's what she should do because everyone is getting so much money off of this. Like Ariana literally is making millions. And I know from, um, I know, yeah, I know from a friend that the, the Vanderpump Rules podcasts, and I look at the charts too, because I, I follow this stuff. They were not doing that well, especially Sheena's. When the scandal happened, I'm talking millions of downloads a week. Like that is so much. Like they are in the top ranked podcasts in America. So that means that they're getting like ad sponsorships and stuff now. Like Sheena's podcast was not that successful. And now she's getting millions of downloads. Um, The merch lines are all making six figures. Fucking send it to Daryl, the worst merch ever. That made six figures for Lala, the dumbest catch rate. Like these people will buy anything. These people will buy fucking anything. So why does everybody else get to make all of this money? Even fucking Lala and James have nothing to do with this. But then Raquel, who's pretty much responsible for this, like, she should be making bank. Like, Tom should make money, too. Ariana's on the cover of Glamour magazine, which I'm fine with. I think it's funny. I think it's so funny to have, like, reality stars and, like, C-listers, like, doing, like, major magazine (laughs) covers. Um, And she should be, because it's all anyone can talk about. Like, I know people had, like, some backlash to her getting on Glamour. Like, give us a break. But... We're all talking about her and, like, following what she's doing and stuff. Like, she is more relevant to be on a magazine cover than some random fucking actress. Are you kidding me? And, um, yeah, and I never threw the pity party for her because of the money she was making. And she's already dating somebody new. So, it is it is a little bit like I'm not minim- minimizing her hurt from this because it was so bad. But, like, and, you know, she tried to be like, you know, I had to be, like, babied at night because I was suicidal you know she's saying that um but she 
started dating somebody within like a month or two of the split. So it's a bit like, wow, okay, a nine-year relationship. Like some people can take a, you know, it can be really hard to get over a long relationship and, you know, I can't love again. Meanwhile, she's loving life. She's like, oh yeah, let me film this commercial. Let me do my lifetime movie. Let me hang out with my new boyfriend. Like I'm, you know, the most fucking popular thing ever. She even says in the interview, I'm going to make as much fucking money as I can. And she should, because you would just be like stupid not to, even though the even though public opinion is actually turning on her, the more she shamelessly does these ads, I'm like, would I rather not make the money and then just have everyone love me or like make the money and then have a portion of people kind of hate me, but then still have like this raging fan base as well? Of course you would take the fucking money. Now, even Lisa Vanderpump is cashing in because she has this new show, Vanderpump Villa, which has clearly only been greenlit off the back of the the Pump Rules scandal. Like, this scandal is so huge that it's, like, got Lisa Vanderpump another show greenlit when one year ago it was like, you're about to have no shows, okay? Because all of her other shows and pitches flopped, the overserved flopped, the Vanderpump Dogs was like nothing. It was just a peacock thing that no one cared about. Vanderpump Rules was about to be over. No one was checking for her on Beverly Hills anymore. That was doing great ratings without her. It's like, you're done, girl. Like, it's time for you to, like, go off in the fucking pasture and retire. And you know what? Without these shows to promote your restaurants, like Vanderpump Vegas, etc., they're probably going to flop too. But now she's, like, the hottest thing in town. She got a damn show on Hulu, which... They're, like, kind of big budget. Like, they do some, like, pretty glossy projects because I've been investigating a lot of the different networks and the kind of reality shows that they do because you guys know I'm trying to do a show, so I'm, like, looking at, like, what style does each thing have? And she's doing this Vanderpump Villa, which is such a fake idea. It's, like, she has a French villa, which I've never heard of before. I don't know. Maybe you hardcore LVP fans are like, of course she has a villa. How do you not know about her villa? I feel like it's just some something she's, like, rented or whatever for this show. But apparently she has a villa, and then it's going to be the staff that work there. But I think they're trying to combine Below Deck with um, Vanderpump Rules. So I think you're going to get this staff that she chooses, and they're all working there. And then it's going to be, like, the zany guests at the villa, and it's their desperate attempt to kind of, like, you know, copy these two hit shows. I do not think it will work because... I mean, the amount of shows that have tried to copy Vanderpump Rules, none of them have worked because you just, you can't fake a real authentic group of friends that have real connections. And just the concept and the timing and everything was just so perfect for that. And every single other show that's tried to do this is just people that have been cast. So it's just fake. I mean, I know they've greenlit Southern Hospitality for another season and, um, you know, I could see that maybe continuing for a while because I think there's sort of a space in Bravo's roster for a kind of a new show like that. But I don't know. I think this is a little bit of a like, wah, wah, like, really? Um, I'm certainly not excited for it. And I think I heard actually on a someone's Patreon, there's another Vanderpump spinoff coming out as well that's not Vanderpump Villa. Like, there's another thing. So Bravo is fucking milking this. So you know what, Raquel girl? You need to get your bag too and make some money, honey. Okay, I think that's it. I think I think that's it for Vanderpump Rules takes. I think we're done. Am I going to talk about it next week? I hope not. I hope there's not a new big bombshell revelation next week because I, I want to pull back from the Vanderpump train, but we'll see. Okay, now I want to talk about um, an amazing scripted show, The Idol on HBO, probably, what, the most 
that's the most controversial talked about show at the moment besides Vanderpump Rules. Oh, before I forget, sorry, uh, before I do HBO's The Idol, um, I have more Bravo stuff on the Patreon, obviously, patreon.com slash unpopularjp. I recapped the Housewives of OC premiere and all the stuff on New Jersey. I mean, Louis is, like, carrying that fucking franchise, my God. And a few other things. I talked about my recent trip to Melbourne at a wellness event and running into some Melbourne housewives and... A lot of Bravo stuff over there. So, yeah, the link is in the bio. By the way, um, shout out to my Australian patrons because, look, it's more expensive. It's five bucks a month. It's like the price of a cup of coffee, but it's in US dollars because, look, I just have more US audience, more more American listeners. I am moving to America, fingers crossed, God willing, let's hope. And it just has to be in the American dollars, guys. So whenever I see an Australian sign up, I'm like, well, good for you. Because with the exchange rate, it ends up being more expensive. And I'm like, that is kind of like expensive. Like, I feel like $5 is fine, but anything above $5 feels a bit much. So guys, my Australian patrons, uh, thank you so much. And I'm sorry, but you know what? It's just conversion rates. I don't even know why conversion rates exist, to be honest. Like, I have no idea how, like, money and finance works and, like, what interest rates are. And, you know, when they're like, you know, the Federal Bank Reserve, like, this happened and then things are more expensive. I'm like, what? why? Like, I just, I honestly, I just don't understand how money works. I'm serious. Anyway, so The Idol on HBO, it's a new series from Euphoria creator Sam Levinson, and it stars Lily Rose Depp as a troubled pop star named Jocelyn. She's staging a comeback. I feel like she's kind of based on Demi Lovato and Miley Cyrus, and The Weeknd is in it. He is a shady music manager slash cult leader. It's amazing. It's very current. It's a uh, Twitterfied satire of the music industry. It's got great stunt casting, which I love, like Troy Sivan is in there, Jen from the K-pop girl group Blackpink. She cannot act at all, but I just think it's hilarious that they put her in there. Uh, Eli Roth, it's uh, really funny, lots of anti-woke jokes, kind of like the White Lotus, sort of, I mean, in terms of the sense of humour. It's also basically the worst reviewed TV show ever in history, which is all fake, by the way. People decided they hated it before it even premiered. Like, months before it came out, there was already, like, a huge campaign to take this show down. It feels like like an ongoing smear campaign really to take down Sam Levinson specifically because they just cannot handle that euphoria is so sexualized and it's a blockbuster smash hit and people love it and they just can't take it. They have been trying to take down uh, Sam and Sydney Sweeney, who is from Euphoria, obviously, because Sydney is just like this modern day throwback to guest commercials and the hot busty babes from back in the day that were just like more than happy to be hot and to embrace this kind of version of sexuality that I guess is like a heteronormative kind of male gaze type of look. Um, It's not politicized. It's not dressed up in feminist gender studies mumbo jumbo. It's just like, hey, I'm hot. I have very incredible, impressive cleavage. Like, check it out. Like, that's Sydney Sweeney. People hate it. And like, Emily Ratajkowski, she's, you know, a hot girl too. That's kind of her whole thing. But, like, she has to kind of, like, broadcast her Me Too stories all the time and get into feminist discourse, whereas Sydney Sweeney, she's just like, here's my boobs in a movie. I'm topless. I love it. They're huge. I look amazing. I have MAGA family members. I'm partying with them for my birthday. 
it's not really a big thing. I'm not commenting on any issues. Bye. And like people just cannot deal. Like their heads explode over Sydney Sweeney. So the idol wasn't really even on my radar until a few months ago. I guess when like this uh, Rolling Stone hit piece came out. Because full disclosure, I don't watch Euphoria. I actually kind of wrote off Euphoria um, originally. I assumed it was going to be one thing, but since then, a lot of people whose taste I completely trust have endorsed it. So it's on my list to watch. Um, I feel like I'll love it now, especially since I love The Idol. But when this Rolling Stone hit piece came out, um, they were really complaining like they kind of actually tried to me to the show, really, um, talking about you know, The weekend uh, and Sam Levinson not behaving appropriately on set and how there was a female director originally and she was ousted because she wanted to make the show more of a kind of progressive, woke, you know, takedown of misogyny. And then Sam Levinson stepped in and they took over and they made it really, like, sexy and it's all the male gaze. It was so obviously just a fucking Samir job. Um, And the stars and the cast and the crew and everything have pretty much, like, come out and debunked it. I was reading uh, there's there's some transgender star in there that plays a Vanity Fair reporter in the show, and she did an interview, and she's just like, yeah, this is, like, all BS. And Sam Levinson said that, um, you know, everyone was, like, super, super comfortable. Lily Rose Depp, who does all of the sex scenes in the show, she's like, I've never been more comfortable on set and more in control and had a better experience in my life. But then the Rolling Stone articles, like, they're being exploited. Like, it's just ridiculous. So, yeah, when that happened, I was like, okay, like, yeah, maybe this, maybe Sam Levinson's onto something with this idol show. So, I was kind of checking for it since then, and it's really good. It's really funny. And the backlash is so pathetic, because you can actually, like, see in real time the NPCs having the latest kind of outrage downloaded into their heads. It's like, oh, this is the thing that we're supposed to push back against now. Okay, and it's all in, like, lockstep. If you check Twitter and YouTube, it's just literally Zoomers repeating the same generic, very untrue talking points about this being the terrible show. I watch The Idol so you don't have to, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, like, it over-sexualizes women. It's just like the same old fucking broken record bullshit. The critics are a disaster too. I mean, we know that critics usually are, like, pretty fucking bad and they have been for a long time, but sometimes, I guess as someone that works in the industry, it does shock me a little when I see somebody that's employed by like a very kind of credible outlet, probably on a lot of money, probably getting into a lot of really great parties with their connections. And you just see how fucking like lame brained they are. Like some guy, I think, I think it was from Vanity Fair. It was from some like high end publication like that. Their big critique was, um, uh, Lily Depp's wardrobe. Um, because, you know, she dresses like a skank the whole time, and it's like as if the fucking most popular fashion brands now for young women aren't Pretty Little Thing and Fashion Nova, which is just, like, hooker wear that's made in sweatshops in fucking Bangladesh, um, and every pop star is naked all of the time. Like, even Halsey, she's sort of produced and marketed, I guess, you know, she's... um, I guess she's, like, the modern version of Avril Lavigne, like, obviously kind of a produced, manufactured pop star, but they get marketed as, like, oh, they're alternative compared to, you know, Ariana Grande or compared to Britney, whatever. Um, even she does, like, the sex sells stuff. She has this music video for this song, You Should Be Sad. You've probably heard it. It's a hit. It's a good song. I like it. It's, like, a sad country pop ballad. Um, and the music video 
Halsey just has like booty shorts with her ass hanging out and a bra and like big fake tits and she's getting humped and rained on. It looks um it looks like a scene out of the idol. Literally looks like a scene out of the idol. So it's just funny to see critics watch the idol and say it's over sexualized and you literally look at like a Miley Cyrus or a Halsey music video. It's like this is pop music. Like what's not computing in your heads? Um Collider ran a headline. Um, this was a headline. How the idol creator Sam Levinson over-sexualizes and victimizes his female characters. Then I click the writer's bio and it says she enjoys all things satire and Love Island UK. Okay, so you love satire, but you hate this literal like pitch fucking perfect satire of the music industry. And you love Love Island where the female host and one of the female stars fucking committed suicide. They're dead now because of the uh, mental ramifications from that show where people just run around in a bikini and, you know, date in a villa. They're fucking dead. But that's your favorite show. But then you're outraged at Sam Levinson's scripted shows. I can't. Like these mainstream writers, they, I feel like they don't even know what they're fucking saying and doing half the time. Again, like NPC, they live Stepford Wives type behavior. So the show, yeah, it's really, you know, it's seedy, it's, it's, it's sexy, it's explicit. I mean, it's not that explicit compared to what you watch. Uh, you know, I guess if you're like very conservative in your viewing habits, maybe it's shocking. But, um, you know, everyone watches porn now. Everyone watches OnlyFans. And like, it's not that shocking really to me. Um, it's a reflection of porn culture, obviously, which is it's that's not a hidden point. Like, that's kind of obvious. So then I feel like people are missing that. It's like this is like kind of spelled out in front of you. Um And it really speaks to the sort of confused reaction around porn and sexuality now, I think. Like, we live in a time where there's a whole generation that have grown up looking at, like, hardcore crazy porn from a young age. Like, if you even look at, like, mainstream uh, straight porn that they're doing, you know, it's very, very rough the way that, like, women are treated in these videos. And this is, like, mainstream stuff that, like, kids are pretty much watching. Any any kid that has an internet connection is watching hardcore porn. Because when I was a kid, I was, like, trying to sneak to look at, like, you know, a Hustler magazine, you know, something like that. If you found out, like, your parents had one or you're at a friend's house and then their dad has, you know, a stash of Playboys or something. From, like, the youngest age, pretty much, that you you can, like, think about that stuff you're like trying to get into the fucking Playboy magazines and the hustlers and the penthouses and stuff. So of course kids are like looking at porn. They're growing up on that. Young couples now, we've seen studies and stories about this. Like they're getting into rough sex at a very young age because they're copying, you know, what they see in these in these porn videos in their personal lives. Um, and those are just the people that are having sex. I think now, according to statistics, like young people are having less sex than ever than like They're having less sex now than, like, previous generations, even though they're the most exposed to, like, hardcore sex and porn and stuff. Like, there's so many mixed messages right now because it's, like, on one hand, we get pushed this, I guess, like, progressive, promiscuous, feminist angle to sexuality. And, you know, it's the whole, like, lame brain takes of, well, when a man sleeps around, he gets praised. But when a woman does, she's a slut. And, like, women should just fuck whoever they want. And then at the same time, we're getting told that, like, 
every sexual act is a Me Too incident and it's grooming and there's a power imbalance and it's both sides doing this. It's the progressive woke like Zoomers. They're terrified of sex even though they just grow up watching, you know, they're on fucking Ritalin watching 10 hours of porn, but then they get freaked out if they see Sydney Sweeney's tits. So they're so messed up in the head. And then conservatives obviously think every single person is a pedophile that is, you know, trying to fuck their kids. Again, untrue. So we are in a very sexually confused, repressed period. I feel like the most since maybe like the 1950s, for real. Like it's very messed up right now, the um the attitude to sex. And the idol is so great at capturing this confusion. Like the opening scene, she's shooting her album cover. It's this really slutty cover for the album. She's basically naked in a robe, um, but it's just strategically covering her nips. And then there's an uh, intimacy coordinator on set and he won't let her show her boobs. And she's like, "I, it's my album. Like, I want to show my tits on this cover. Like, I want to get them out. And he's like, well, no, this is, this is in the contract. She's like, what, I can't make a decision about what I'm going to show myself. And he's like, oh, we're doing this to protect you so you don't feel exploited. She's like, it's my house and my shoe to my album. Let me show my tits. He's like, well, we have to go back to the label and it'll take, you know, 48 hours so we can put an amendment in the contract. Super funny. Um, Very Sydney Sweeney as well, because it's like, People bash Sam Levinson for sexualizing his Euphoria characters. Then you look at, like, Sydney Sweeney's career and all of the decisions that she's making in her career, and she's clearly, like, sexualizing herself and loving it in, like, roles that she plays and advertising campaigns and red carpets. And now she is doing some more, um, like, she's in the the reality winner uh, film, I think, for HBO films. And, you know, th- this is her Charlize Theron monster, so it's, like, no makeup and... She's trying to look, you know, less attractive. And I'm a real actress now. So she's moving in that direction, but she definitely sexualizes herself outside of that and enjoys doing it and, like, just doesn't think too deeply about these things, which I feel like is the way to go. Um, Also on The Idol, uh, you see Jocelyn, the main character. It's Lily Depp. uh, She's promoting her new single. I think it's called I'm a Freak. And the lyrics are just all about, like, that she's an insatiable, money-grubbing, kinky whore. And the music video is a throwback to, like, Britney Spears' I'm a Slave View. She's pretty much getting gang-banged in the video. Her entire team and management love it. They've created the song for her. They're like, this is going to be your big comeback. And then they freak out because a photo of her gets leaked on the internet where she has a cum on her face, and suddenly they're, like, really concerned about her image and that it's too sexual. So it's very funny. Um, People are really outraged by the sex scenes. That, to me, feels just very typical kind of American, like, Puritanism. I mean, Americans kind of have a reputation for this, whereas obviously Europeans are more sexually liberated. You can just see that in in the films if you compare European cinema to American, and there's always kind of these, like, pearl-clutching outrages, uh, you know, when it comes to this stuff from Americans, but... There's a lot of S&M in the sex, I guess, which is, like, triggering people. Um, you know, critics are like, this is a rape fantasy. As if, like, every sexual act isn't, you know, some form of a rape fantasy. Like, all sex is, to some degree, just a power play between someone that's more dominant and someone that's more submissive. That's sex. That's literally sex, okay? We all know it. We all do it. We all pretty much, like, have sex the same, but we have to pretend that, like, this isn't a thing, that, like, no one likes having, like, rough sex or something. No one likes being dominated or dominating somebody. Even fucking Ariana Maddox, I think she was 
I think it was on Call a Daddy. It was one of the interviews, one of the many, you know, fucking interviews she did. And she was saying something about how she wished that, like, Tom would have, like, roughed her up in the bedroom a bit more. Or I don't want to, like, misquote her, but it was something along those lines or being more assertive. It's like, okay, girl, even you, the most progressive feminist, I'm never getting married or having kids. Um, you know, I'm offended by everything. I'm offended by Stasi. Like, even she wants to be thrown around in bed. Like, this is just human nature. But yeah, we have to pretend this isn't a thing. Like, we have to pretend that Fifty Shades of Grey wasn't the best-selling book among women ever in, like, history. It's just it's so stupid. Um, there's also, like, a dirty talk scene. People are upset about that. It's like, this is just literally what dirty talk sounds like when you're in bed with somebody or you're like texting somebody that you want to screw people are just so uncomfortable with having reality like reflected back at them and they just want to live in like some marvel blockbuster world where like everything is a marvel movie even though that's all such a like a false reality but we can't show anything that is reflective of like actual sex um jocelyn's sexualized character as well i mean yeah, every she's super horny. Like the whole like there's a lot of sex scenes with her like masturbating and stuff, but I kind of felt like that is I guess her desires as a woman, because you know, like I said, you know, every, I've always said everyone's a bottom. That's I don't think that's my take. So whose take is that? That's Paul um what's his I can't remember. I stole that that take from somebody, but everyone's a bottom. Um so I think that that's her enjoying that, but also, like, her character has a lot of emotional issues, and I don't think she can, like, express herself in any way other than just having mental breakdowns or having kinky sex. So, you know, she's a performer that's been packaged and sold from a young age. So, I mean, it makes sense for the character, but, again, the Zoom is on Twitter. That's sexualizing someone. Um, The Weeknd is getting a lot of criticism uh, because he's kind of cheesy, uh, he's not a great actor. He's kind of unconvincing as a cult leader, which is all true. I mean, he's like this short, chubby cornball with these big, cheesy, fucking stupid veneers. But that makes it better because women are always falling for these like mid guys. It's like these mid-level loser guys are the ones that are always like manipulating and screwing with like women that are like too good for them. I mean, that's like a tale as old as time. Um even The Hills. It reminds me of The Hills because Justin Bobby, the most kind of pretentious, hipster, wanker, airheaded douche ever, like so transparently a fucking doofus. He had women falling all over him. Like Audrina on The Hills was ready to become a Manson girl for Justin Bobby. And I'm like, yes, this is, and so LA as well. Like just these guys get these fucking girls. So I'm like, I think The weekend is cast perfectly in this also his music industry knowledge because he executive produced the show as well um that's like invaluable because to me this feels so real of the music industry like i've never been around like this kind of level because i'm you know i'm on a z-list kind of tabloid level of things but even when i saw the way that the vanity fair reporter in the show is like going over like questions for the interview with jocelyn with her you know entourage and her team that um, that's so what it's like when you're about to interview us, you know, someone that is a celebrity that may say something controversial. They're going on about what angle they want and what questions you're allowed to ask, and um, it rings very true. So I think the the weekend has done a good job with that, and I like his casting and his music suits the show. So um, yeah, it's great, and despite the backlash. You can see how the culture has shifted just in the fact that HBO has, like, stood by the show. And the actors have stood by it, too. And it's actually rating well. People are trying to act like it's a huge flop. It's definitely not a flop. Like, 
It's doing well. It's literally all anybody can fucking talk about. It's going to get an audience, like, as it continues. It's going to be a cult hit. I think people will revisit it and rewatch it for sure because um, a lot of people are just caught up in the hype right now. You know, not the hype, in the sort of pushback against it. But it takes a while for the penny to drop um, for people. You know, people are in NPC mode. It's very much like the Sandoval thing that I was talking about before. Everyone just had, like, one viewpoint on it. And now, as we've moved forward a bit, like, the opinions are starting to change and shift and people are starting to come around on it. That's going to happen with the idol. Um, but, yeah, I think that we've definitely moved forward as a culture because a few years ago, this would have been cancelled from this backlash. Like, probably that Rolling Stone article would have had the show scrapped or, like, reshot or just edited. Like, something like that would have happened. Because, remember, they cancelled that Louis C.K. movie when he got Me Too'd and Roseanne. They cancelled Roseanne and then um, her fucking co-stars and stuff were coming out against her, you know, backstabbing her on Twitter and everything. She's talked about that a lot. So, we had the cancel culture in full effect. Now, you have all of the stars coming out doing cons saying they love the show and they stand by it. One of the actresses, uh, I saw her in The Guardian. The Guardian actually did a good article um, about the idol. And one of the older actresses in there was like, yeah, we like expected this reaction and we're like laughing at it. We think it's hilarious. Like <laughs> They're all um, loving it. And yeah, I guess this is, this is kind of an anti-woke show that hasn't snuck in the back door like the white lotus did like the white lotus um criticizes everything that the modern sort of progressive crowd stands for and i guess it's like a little more subtle so they don't fully get that they're the ones being lambasted on it but i think that with this because it's so in your face with the sexuality and everything it's just like freaked people out but you know it's cool it's a smart funny cool sexy show it's great. I definitely recommend it. I find it very funny, very stylish. I enjoy it. Tune in for sure. Anyway, guys, that's it. Uh, thanks for listening, and I will see you all maybe next week. We'll see, guys. I have a lot going on right now, so maybe in two weeks. But, yeah, I'm always on Patreon, as always, and follow me on social media at UnpopularJP on Twitter and Instagram. You can hit me up there for anything. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.